Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of the Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link atop for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lessons of the day sent to your email from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.45 a.m. Eastern. And today we complete our reading of Chapter 19, Beyond the Body, with Section 5, The Obstacles to Peace, Subsection D, The Fourth Obstacle, The Fear of God, and today we are reading The Lifting of the Veil. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 223. God is my life. I have no life but his. And I think there's one unmuted line. Excuse me. There you go. Alrighty. So here's our reading list. Oh, wait now. We have an opening. I always do that before the reading list. And boy, it's a good one. It's um, a poem of Rainer Maria Rilke from the book, The Book of Hours. Most of this book is in German and translated. The poem itself does not have a title. But it goes like this. I believe in all that has never yet been spoken. I want to free what waits within me so that no one has dared to wish for, so that what no one has dared to wish for may for once spring clear without my contriving. If this is arrogant, God, forgive me, but this is what I need to say. May what I do flow from me like a river, no forcing and no holding back, the way it is with children. Then in these swelling and ebbing currents, these deepening tides moving out, returning, I will sing you, as no one ever has, streaming through widening channels into the open sea. God is my life. I have no life but his. Amen. Really nice selection. Amen. Okay. Now, my friends, here's our reading list. We have Harrison and Lee, Yvonne, Karen, Lemoyne, and Micah. And we're joined in listening this morning by Ida and Judy, Diana, and Robin Marie. Has anyone else joined the call that would like to say good morning? I think that's all of us. Okay. Oh, this is such a good chapter. Beyond the Body, Chapter 19. Section 5, The Obstacles to Peace. Section D, The Fourth Obstacle, The Fear of God, The Lifting of the Veil. Paragraph 97. Forget not that you came this far together. 
And it was surely not the ego that led you here. No obstacle to peace can be surmounted through its help. It does not open up its secrets and bid you look on them and go beyond them. It would not have you see its weakness and learn it has no power to keep you from the truth. The guide who brought you here remains with you. And when you raise your eyes, you will be ready to look on terror with no fear at all. But first, lift up your eyes and look upon each other in innocence, born of complete forgiveness of each other's illusions, and through the eyes of faith, which sees them not. Harrison. I'm sorry, Louis. I had a different uh, reading. I have chapter 19, Beyond the Body, Obstacles to Peace, the fourth, fourth obstacle. Perhaps some read can go ahead and read and while I find out where we are. Okay, huh? At paragraph 97, then, we'll go to Lee and come back to you. Lee. Uh-huh. Harrison, we're about six or seven paragraphs into the fourth obstacle, the subsection, the lifting of the veil. Oh, Forget okay. not. That, did you find it there? I, yeah, I found it. Oh, let's have Sorry. you read it. Okay. Sure. Beyond the body, section five, obstacles to peace. Section D, the fourth obstacle, the fear of God, the lifting of the veil. Forget not that you came this far together, and it was surely not the ego that led you here. No obstacle to peace can be surmounted through its help. It does not open up its secrets and bid you look on them and go beyond them. It would not have you see its weakness and learn it has no power to keep you from the truth. The guide who brought you here remains with you. And when you raise your eyes, you will be ready to look on terror with no fear at all. But first, lift up your eyes and look upon each other in innocence, born of complete forgiveness of each other's illusions. And through the eyes of faith, which sees them not. 98, no one can look upon the fear of God unterrified unless he has accepted the atonement and learned illusions are not real. No one can stand before this obstacle alone, for he could not have reached thus far 
unless his brother walked beside him. And no one would dare to look on it without complete forgiveness of his brother in his heart. Stand you here a while and tremble not. You will be ready. Let us join together in a, in a holy instant here in this place where the purpose given in a holy instant has led you. And let us join in faith that he who brought us here together will offer the innocence you need and that you will accept it for my love and his. Thank you, Harrison and Lee. No one can look upon the fear of God unterrified unless he has accepted the atonement and learned illusions are not real. No one can stand before this obstacle alone, for he could not have reached thus far unless his brother walked beside him. No one would dare to look on it without complete forgiveness of his brother in his heart. Stand you here a while and tremble not. You will be ready. Let us join together in a holy instant here in this place where the purpose given in a holy instant has led you. And let us join in faith that he who brought us here together will offer you the innocence you need and that you will accept it for my love and his 99, nor is it possible to look on this too soon. This is the place to which everyone must come when he is ready. Once he has found his brother, he is ready. Yet merely to reach the place is not enough. A journey without a purpose is still meaningless. And even when it is over, it seems to make no sense. How can you know that it is over unless you realize its purpose is accomplished? Here with the journey's end before you, you see its purpose. And it is here you choose whether to look upon it or wander on, only to return and make the choice again. Thank you, Lee. And Yvonne. Thank you, Laurie. 99. Nor is it possible to look on this too soon. Maybe I should have read the last sentence in the previous paragraph. Then I'll go back. And let us join in faith that he who brought us here together will offer you the innocence you need and that you will accept it for my love and his. Nor is it possible to look on this too soon. This is the place to which everyone must come when he is ready. Once he has found his brother, he is ready. Yet merely to reach the place is not enough. A journey without a purpose 
is still meaningless. And even when it is over, it seems to make no sense. How can you know that it is over unless you realize its purpose is accomplished? Here, with the journey then before you, you see its purpose. And it is here you choose whether to look upon it or wander on, only to return and make the choice again. To look upon the fear of God does need some preparation. Only the sane can look on stark insanity and raving madness with pity and compassion, but not with fear. For only if they share in it does it seem fearful. And you do share in it until you look upon each other with perfect faith and love and tenderness. Before complete forgiveness, you still stand on forgiving. You are afraid of God because you fear each other. Those you do not forgive, you fear. And no one reaches love with fear beside him. Thank you, Yvonne. And Karen. 100. To look upon the fear of God does require, excuse me, to look upon the fear of God does need some preparation. Only the sane can look on stark insanity and raving madness with pity and compassion, but not with fear. For only if they share in it does it seem fearful, and you do share in it until you look upon each other with perfect faith and love and tenderness. Before complete forgiveness, you still stand unforgiving. You are afraid of God because you fear each other. Those you do not forgive, you fear. And no one reaches love with fear beside him. 101. This brother who stands beside you still seems to be a stranger. You do not know him, and your interpretation of him is very fearful. And you attack him still to keep what seems to be yourself unharmed. Yet in his hands is your salvation. You see his madness, which you hate, because you share it. All the pity and forgiveness that would heal it gives way to fear. Brothers, you need forgiveness of each other, for you will share in madness or in heaven together, and you will raise your eyes in faith together or not at all. Thank you, Karen. Hello, Lemoyne. This brother who stands beside you still seems to be a stranger. You do not know him, and your interpretation of him is very fearful. And you attack him still to keep him to keep what seems to be yourself unharmed. Yet in his hands is your salvation. You see his madness, which you hate because you share it. 
and all the pity and forgiveness that would heal it gives way to fear. Brothers, you need forgiveness of each other, for you will share in madness or in heaven together. And you will raise your eyes in faith together or not at all. Beside each of you is one who offers you the chalice of atonement. For the Holy Spirit is in him. Would you hold his sins against him or accept his gift to you? Is this giver of salvation your friend or enemy? Choose which he is, remembering that you will receive of him according to your choice. He has in him the power to forgive your sins as you for him. Neither can give it to himself alone. <clears throat> and, yet your sta- and yet your Savior stands beside each one. Let him be what he is and seek not to make of love an enemy. Thank you, LeMoyne. And Micah. Okay. Uh, 102. Beside each of you is one who offers you the chalice of atonement or the Holy Spirit is in him would you hold his sins against him or accept his gift to you is this giver of salvation your friend or enemy choose which he is remembering that you will receive of him according to your choice he has in him the power to forgive your sins as you for him Neither can give it to himself alone. And yet your Savior stands beside each one. Let him be what he is and seek not to make of love an enemy. 103. Behold your friend, the Christ, who stands beside you. How holy and how beautiful he is. You thought he sinned because you cast the veil of sin upon him to hide his loveliness. Yet still he holds forgiveness out to you to share his holiness. This enemy, this stranger, still offers you salvation as his friend. The Enemies of Christ, the worshippers of sin, know not whom they attack. This is your brother, crucified by sin and waiting for release from pain. Would you not offer him forgiveness when you only can offer it to you? For his redemption, he will give you yours as surely as God created every living thing and loves it. And he will give it truly, for it will be both offered and received. Thank you, Micah. And is there a new reader for 103 and 104?
This is Sandra. I can New read. reader. Thanks. This is Sandra. Thank you. Um, Behold your friend, the Christ, who stands beside you. How holy and how beautiful he is. You thought he sinned because you cast the veil of sin upon him to hide him, to hide his loveliness. Yet still he holds forgiveness out to you to share his holiness. This enemy, this stranger, still offers you salvation as his friend. The enemies of Christ, the worshipers of sin, know not whom the worship whom they attack. This is your brother crucified by sin and wasting and waiting for release from pain. Would you not offer him forgiveness when only he can offer it to you? For his redemption, he will give you yours as surely as God created every living thing and loves it. And he will give it truly, for it will be both offered and received. There is no grace of heaven that you cannot offer to each other and receive from your most holy friend. Let him withhold it not, for by receiving it, you offer it to him. For he will receive of you what you received of him. Redemption has been given you to give each other, and thus receive it. Whom you forgive is free, and what you give you share. Forgive the sins of your Forgive the sins your brother thinks he has committed and all the guilt you think you see in him. Thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader for 104 and 105? I can do it. Thanks, Judy. There is no grace of heaven that you cannot offer to each other and receive from your most holy friend. Let him withhold it not, for by receiving it, you offer it to him. For he will receive of you what you received of him. Redemption has been given you to give each other and thus receive it. Whom you forgive is free, and what you give you share. Forgive the sins your brother thinks he has committed, and all the guilt you think you see in him. Here is the holy place of resurrection, to which we come again, to which we will return, until redemption is accomplished and received. Think who your brother is before you would condemn him and offer thanks to God that he is holy and has been given the gift of holiness for you. Join him in gladness and remove all trace of guilt from his disturbed 
and tortured mind. Help help him to lift the heavy burden of sin you laid upon him, and he accepted as his own, and toss it lightly and with happy laughter away from him. Press it not like thorns against his brow, nor nail him to it unredeemed and hopeless. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 105 and 106? Okay, Harrison, back to you. 105. Here is the holy place of resurrection to which we come again, to which we will return upon redemption until redemption is accomplished and received. Think who your brother is before you condemn him and offer thanks to God that he is holy and has been given the gift of holiness for you. Join him in gladness and remove all trace of guilt from his disturbed and tortured mind. Help him to lift it lightly. Help him to lift the heavy burden of sin you laid upon him, and he accepted as his own, and toss it lightly and with happy laughter away from him. Press it not like thorns against his brow, nor nail him to it unredeemed and hopeless. 106, give each other faith, for faith and hope and mercy are yours to give. Into the hands that give the gift is given. Look on your brother and see in him the gift of God you would receive. It is almost Easter, the time of resurrection. Let us give redemption to each other and share in it that we may rise as one in resurrection and not separate in death. Behold the gift of freedom that I gave the Holy Spirit for both of you and be you free together as you offer to the Holy Spirit the same gift and giving it, receive it of him and return for what you gave. He leadeth you and me together that we might meet here in this holy place and make the same decision. Thank you, Harrison. And Lee. Thank you, Harrison. Give each other faith. 
for faith and hope and mercy are yours to give. Into the hands that give, the gift is given. Look on your brother and see in him the gift of God you would receive. It is almost Easter, the time of resurrection. Let us give redemption to each other and share in it that we may rise as one in resurrection and not separate in death. Behold the gift of freedom that I gave the Holy Spirit for both of you and be you free together as you offer to the Holy Spirit this same gift and giving it, receive it of him in return for what you gave. He leadeth you and me together that we might meet here in this holy place and make the same decision. 107. Free your brother here as I freed you. Give him the self-same gift, nor look upon him with condemnation of any kind. See him as guiltless as I look on you and overlook the sins he thinks he sees within himself. Offer each other freedom and complete release from sin here in the garden of seeming agony and death. So will we prepare together the way unto the resurrection of God's Son and let him rise again to glad remembrance of his Father who knows no sin, no death, but only life eternal. Thank you, Lee. And Devon. Yeah, thank you, Lee. Thank you, Larry. Free your brother here as I freed you. That's what I'm doing, right? 107, right? Okay. I start over. Sorry. Free your brother here as I freed you. Give him the self-same gift, nor look upon him with condemnation of any kind. See him as guiltless as I look on you, and overlook the sins he thinks he sees within himself. Offer each other freedom and complete release from sin here in the garden of steaming agony and death. So will we prepare together the way unto the resurrection of God's Son, and let him rise again to glad remembrance of his Father, who knows no sin, no death, but only life eternal. Together, we will disappear into the presence beyond the veil, not to be lost, but found, not to be seen, but known. And knowing nothing in the plan God has established for salvation will be left undone. This is the, uh, this is the journey's purpose, without which is the journey meaningless. Here is the peace of God given to you eternally by him. Here is the rest and quiet that you seek, the reason for the journey from its beginning. Heaven is the gift you owe each other, the debt of gratitude you offer to the Son of God in thanks for what he is and what his Father created him to be. Thank you. 
Thank you, Yvonne. And Karen. 108. Together, we will disappear into the presence, beyond the veil, not to be lost, but found, not to be seen, but known. And knowing nothing in the plan of God has established for salvation will be left undone. This is the journey's purpose, without which is the journey meaningless. Here is the peace of God given to you eternally by him. Here is the rest and quiet that you seek, the reason for the journey from its beginning. Heaven is the gift you owe each other, the debt of gratitude you offer to the Son of God in thanks for what he is and what his Father created him to be. 109. Think carefully how you would look upon the giver of this gift. For as you look upon, for as you look on him, so will the gift itself appear to be. As he is seen as either the giver of guilt or of salvation, so will his offering be seen and so received. The crucified give pain because they are in pain, but the redeemed give joy because they have been healed of pain. Everyone gives as he receives, but he must choose what it will be that he receives. And he will recognize his choice by what he gives and what is given him. Nor is it given anything in hell or heaven to interfere with his decision. Thank you, Karen. Um, do we have a new reader for 109 and 110? Yes, Ida will read. Well, thank you, Ida. You're welcome. 109. Think carefully how you would look upon the giver of this gift, for as you look on him, so will the gift itself appear to be. As he is seen as either the giver of guilt or of salvation, so will his offering be seen and so received. The crucified give pain because they are in pain, but the redeemed give joy because they have been healed of pain. Everyone gives as he receives, but he must choose what it will be that he receives and he will recognize his choice by what he gives and what is given him. Nor is it given anything in hell or heaven to interfere with his decision. You came this far because the journey was your choice, and no one undertakes to do what he believes is meaningless. What you have faith in still is faithful, and watches over you in faith so gentle, yet so strong, that it would lift you far beyond the veil, and place the Son of God safely within the sure protection of his Father. Here is the only purpose that gives this world, and the long journey through this world, 
whatever meaning lies in them. Beyond this, they are meaningless. You stand together, still without conviction, they have a purpose. Yet it is given you to see this purpose in your holy friend and recognize it is your own. Thank you, Ida. Thank you. Is there another new reader for, for 110? Okay, Lemoyne. You came this far because the journey was your choice. And no one undertakes to do what he believes is meaningless. What you had faith in still is faithful and watches over you in faith so gentle yet so strong that it would lift you far beyond the veil and place the Son of God safely within the sure protection of his Father. Here is the only purpose that gives this world and the long journey through this world whatever meaning lies in them. Beyond this, they are meaningless. You stand together. Still without conviction, they have a purpose. Yet it is given you to see this purpose in your holy friend and recognize it is your own. Thank you, Lemoyne. And thank you, everyone, who read this morning. And I can't do justice to the summary, but here's, here's my attempt on the lifting of the veil. From paragraph 97, the guide who brought you here remains with you. And when you raise your eyes, you will be ready to look on terror with no fear at all. But first... Lift up your eyes and look upon each other in innocence born of complete forgiveness of each other's illusions and through the eyes of faith, which sees them not. 98. No one can look upon the fear of God unterrified unless he has accepted the atonement and learned illusions are not real. So let us join together in a holy instant here in this place where the purpose given in a holy instant has led you. And let us join in faith that he who brought us here together will offer you the innocence you need and that you will accept it for my love and his. 99. This is the place to which everyone must come when he is ready. Once he has found his brother, he is ready. A journey without a purpose still is meaningless. In 100, to look upon the fear of God does need some preparation. In paragraph 101, brothers, you need forgiveness of each other, for you will share in madness or in heaven together, and you will raise your eyes in faith together, or not at all. You beside each one. Each of you is one who offers you the chalice of atonement, for the Holy Spirit is in him. Number three, behold your friend, the Christ who stands beside you. How holy 
and how beautiful he is. One for redemption has been given you to give each other, and thus receive it. Whom you forgive is free, and what you give, you share. One of five, offer thanks to God that this brother is holy and has been given the gift of holiness for you. Help him to lift the heavy burden of sin you had laid upon him, and he accepted as his own and tossed it lightly and with happy laughter away from him. One of six, give each other faith. For faith and hope and mercy are yours to give. Into the hands that give, the gift is given. Look on your brother and see in him the gift of God you would receive. The Holy Spirit leadeth you and me together that we might meet here in this holy place and make the decision, make the same decision. 107, free your brother here as I freed you. See him as guiltless as I look on you. Offer each other freedom and complete release from sin. And in one way together we will disappear into the capital presence beyond the veil. Not to be lost, but found. Not to be seen, but known. And knowing nothing in the plan God has established for salvation will be left undone. This is the journey's purpose, without which is the journey meaningless. Here is the peace of God given to you eternally by him. Here is the rest and quiet that you seek, the reason for the journey from its beginning. Heaven is the gift you owe each other, the debt of gratitude you offer to the Son of God and thanks for what he is and what his Father created him to be. In 109, the redeemed give joy because they have been healed of pain. Everyone gives as he receives, but he must choose what it is, what it will be that he receives. And he will recognize his choice by what he gives and what is given him. In 107, what you had faith in still is faithful and watches over you in faith so gentle yet so strong that it would lift you far beyond the veil and place the Son of God safely within the sure protection of his Father. Here is the only purpose that gives this world and the long journey through this world whatever meaning lies in them. It is given you to see this purpose in your holy friend and recognize it is your own. Amen. And before we open the floor, um, let's turn to Yvonne, our friend who has volunteered to lead our lesson reflection this morning. And as we do so, let's lend our thoughts of healing to our sister Fran today. Thank you, Yvonne. Thank you, Laurie, for that prayer to Fran. Uh, yeah, we're in part two now. Uh, I just want to read one paragraph from the introduction to part two. And uh, we're into the part of the workbook, uh, part of the lessons on what is forgiveness, these ten lessons that we're doing now. So we'll start with that. Um, paragraph from the introduction of part two. 
In this final section, we will come to understand that we need only call to God and all temptations disappear. Instead of words, we need but feel his love. Instead of prayer, we need but call his name. Instead of judging, we need but be still and let all things be healed. I'm going to read a little bit from the What is Forgiveness. Forgiveness recognizes what you thought your brother did to you has not occurred. It does not pardon sins and make them real. It sees there is no sin. And in this view are all your sins forgiven. What is sin except a false idea about God's son? Forgiveness merely sees its falsity and therefore lets it go. An unforgiving thought is one which makes a judgment that it will not raise to doubt, although it is not true. An unforgiving thought does many things. In frantic action, in frantic action, it pursues its goal, twisting and overturning what it sees as interfering with its chosen path. Forgiveness, on the other hand, is still and quietly does nothing. It offends no aspect of reality, nor seeks to twist it to appearances that it likes. It merely looks and waits and judges not. He who would not forgive must judge, for he must justify his failure to forgive. For he who would forgive himself must turn to welcome truth exactly as it is. Do nothing then, and let forgiveness show you what to do through him who is your guide, your savior, and defender. Strong in hope and certain of your ultimate success. He has forgiven you already, for such is his function given him by God. Now must you share his function and forgive what he has saved, whose sinlessness he sees, and whom he honors as the Son of God. We'll go to the lesson for today, Lesson 223. God is my life. I have no life but his. I was mistaken when I thought I lived apart from God, a separate entity which moved in isolation unattached and housed within a body. Now I know my life is God. I have no other home and do not exist apart from him. He has no thoughts that are not part of me and I have none but those which are of him. There's a prayer here which I'd like to read. Our Father, Let us see the face of Christ instead of our mistakes. For we who are his only son are sinless. We would look upon our sinlessness. For guilt proclaims that we are not your son. And we would not forget you longer. We are lonely here and long for heaven where we are at home. Today we would return. 
Our name is yours, and we acknowledge that we are your son. God is my life, and I have no life but his. Take a moment. God is my life. I have no life but his. Amen. Amen. That was beautifully done. Thank you, Yvonne. Thank you, Yvonne. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just have one short comment. Um, when I read this lesson, it just it just shakes me up. I mean, I I get so I get so moved, and 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 I realize these words are true. That God is my life, and I have no life but His. You know, and and then when we come down to the prayer, He says, "Our name is Yours." So, God, God is I am the the name is is of God is me too. So if I'm thinking of him, uh, reflect him, you know, within myself, I'm I'm only praying to the God in me. I'm not praying to anything outside. I'm only bringing forward that power and that strength that is me because it's God, you know. So every time I read this lesson, it kind of shakes me up and brings this out, (laughs) really out. So I'm very grateful for that. Thanks for letting me share that. I'm complete. Oh, I feel the warmth of your fire, Yvonne. That was beautiful. Thank yeah, beautiful. Thank you, Yvonne. Thank Thanks, Al. I want to mention something much more lighthearted, but still on topic. Um, my kitty Vega. He is such a sweet boy. So when I was reading 109 and 110 paragraph, um, he started prancing around the room, jumping from from the coffee table to the couch and stuff like that, and uh, scratching on the couch and all, all this. And, you know, he always likes to sit on what's most important. So when I finished reading, he came right over to the coffee table and sat right on top of the book, Of Course in Miracles, right where I had it open to where I was reading it. Isn't that cute? Thanks. I'm complete. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. I love that. I have that experience myself my cat. Um, I could share a little if, if I could. I won't get off topic too much. But uh, I chant. I do a lot of chanting with Krishna Das, and as soon as I put on the music, uh, 
both Creamy and Annie come into the room and basically sit next to me. They just already know when the sound, when the music comes on, that I'm going to be doing that, and and they just love it. So I understand what you're saying. <laughs> True. That's me. Yeah. Thank you. Resonance is irresistible, isn't it? Thank you, Yvonne. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Katie. (laughs) Quick thought on the lesson here. If it's true that God is my life and I have no life from His, but His, and if that's not my direct experience, then the world I could live in with that experience present and really available to me um, is absent to my awareness and I live instead in a world that doesn't reflect the truth of me. Everyone I think is going to relate to what he refers to as heaven in this book or in this lesson in their own unique way. I'm very happy to testify to the fact that the word heaven has altered dramatically since I started this work and now is his signifier for what this life would be for me if my direct experience were to be that God is my life and I have no life but his that I was mistaken when I thought I lived apart from God, a separate entity, which moved in isolation, unattached, housed within a body. Now I know my life is God's. I have no other home. I don't exist apart from Him. He has no thoughts that are not part of me, and I have none but those which are of Him. That's the sense in which in that prayer I can say, we are lonely here and long for heaven where we're at home. Today we would return. Our name is yours and we acknowledge that we are your son. That's not a prayer that I be lifted out of this life and deposited somewhere else or returned somewhere else. But if, as I have come to feel, his references to heaven are references to the fullness, feeling finally, oh my God, my heart is healed, my Father is here, and I'm at home. Home is heaven. That's what I get from this course. To be delivered home is everything he ever references as heaven. And I never read a heaven or a reference to heaven in this course that directs me someplace or some other time than um, the eternal nature of every unfolding moment as he describes uh, the reality both of myself and of everything. Thanks, everyone. I'm complete.
Greatly, thank you. And there is the journey's purpose. Thank mm-hmm. you, Lee. Thank yeah. Good morning, this is Sandra. And I love the shares because to me this reading is all about sharing. And, um, you know, we speak of loneliness and I thought, I thought I would die from loneliness. I mean, it hurts so bad that I used to wake up every morning and say, please, God, kill me now. Because the pain was so intense and the loneliness felt so deep. But I just kept on coming. I kept on coming to God and I had to forgive myself. I had to see myself as innocent. I had to see myself the way God sees me. And I did that to a certain extent and there's certainly more to do. (laughs) I think that's a never-ending life's purpose. And then... God said, in order for me to actually know this for sure, it was not only just about self-love and self-care and self-forgiveness and self-acceptance, then I had to do that for my brothers. I had to extend it in order for me to know it even deeper. And that's all about sharing it. So I remember the day that I was pronounced divorced, actually it was the, it, we, we weren't pronounced divorced yet because um, had to wait three months for it to be final or something like that. And, uh, and I remember leaving the courtroom and saying, okay, God, I'm yours. And guess what? God heard me. <laughs> I'm complete. That was beautiful, Sandra. Yep. Thank you. Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you. Oh, and by the way, most of the time I'm not lonely anymore. <laughs> I don't feel it anymore. Occasionally I do, but most of the time I don't. I'm complete. No, I'm glad to hear that. Thank you, Sandra. I'm so happy for you, Sandra, that you're not lonely anymore most of the time. Really, I'm happy. Good morning, it's Karen. I had a couple of thoughts about the reading. Um, during the meditation today, earlier, uh, first I was just struck by how in the introduction to the lessons it says, go to the place of stillness beyond words and open to the direct experience. And it felt like a place where the mind was silent and still. And that was experiential. And that commentator in my head was quiet. And there was no more judging. And then it was like this revelation of peace, which we've been talking about, all these obstacles to peace. What is the obstacle? Oh, God, it's my judging mind. You know, it's my ego uh, constantly 
talking to me about guilt and separation or the body or all the other dynamics that it discusses, you know, and it's striving to uh, obliterate itself by being numb and so on and so forth. Anyway, um, after a period of time in meditation, I came to this place where I thought back on the listing of the veil, which was today's reading, which I had read already, and I saw a brother who filled me with terror. <laughs> you know, he's you know he's a polit uh, okay political figure, whatever. There's all this judgment in my mind, and I really was struck by how much fear I feel, and the, the to see the Christ in him felt like it was very difficult. And Jesus is asking us to see the Christ to accept the gift of the Christ in our brother, to accept the atonement and to, to cross into the kingdom. Um, and then I went back into meditation and I saw all of that personality, all of the persona, all of the external person slip away, just like the leprosy on the face of Christ, the veil shifted. And the person wasn't that anymore. The person was just um, the one self united by my creator. And all of the, you know, the historical content of the personality of this person, the things they've said, their, what they've done, all of it was gone. And it was just the shining Christ self. And it's just like the leprosy, the, the veil of leprosy, the veil of blood streaming down from the ego that I was seeing previously slipped away. And, and I just think there's, there are a few lines in this reading that are just so beautiful that Jesus is saying, I'm in him and I'm there. I'm right there. You just have to... Um, Behold me and accept the gift. And I can't say if I can do that, you know, for, for whatever, but the holy instant definitely happened. And it showed me what, what the goal is and how to step out of that fear of believing in the world of form. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, that was beautiful, Karen. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Can you, Karen, can you repeat the last two sentences, please? Thanks. I'm sorry. Did you, I couldn't hear you. Oh, could you repeat uh, the last two sentences? <laughs> I can't because I, it was spontaneous. I wasn't reading. I'm sorry. I'm not sure exactly what you mean. There was the, right. the, the line in the text from yesterday, not today, where the leprosy and the blood streaming down from my brother. I don't know. I'm sorry. I can't. Thank you. It was a wonderful share. Thanks, Karen. Yeah, no problem.
That was a good eye, by the way. <laughs> Thank you for that, Lori, to bring everything I said about the lesson back to uh, being the purpose, the purpose for this life, there being a purpose. The word purpose, quite apart from the word goal or arrival, um, is used a dozen times across this section. It's very much where this whole section, lifting the veil, is going. The word appears um, three times just in the last paragraph. That last paragraph, you came this far because the journey was your choice. And no one undertakes to do what he believes is meaningless. But you had faith in, still is faithful, and watches over you in faith. So gentle yet so strong that it would lift you far beyond the veil and place the Son of God safely within the sure protection of his Father. Here, he says, is the only purpose that gives this world and the long journey through this world whatever meaning lies in them. That purpose of being lifted far beyond the veil and being placed safely within the sure protection of one's father. He continues beyond this this world and the long journey through this world are meaningless. You stand together still with that conviction they have a purpose. The world and the journey through it. Yet it is given you to see this purpose in your holy friend and recognize this purpose is your own. And recognize it is your own. To frame, to frame this life and world in a way that reveal um, the holy intention of the whole enterprise is a beautiful, beautiful gift. And this section reveals to me how powerful is my willingness to have whatever stands between me and those that I'm close to, a work companion, whoever it is that poses the greatest temptation for me to crucify, is the one Holy Spirit brings into my life for the purpose of facilitating the choice to see instead my shining Savior in this one who would tempt me to withhold my love. Isn't that an amazing thing? And none more powerful, says he, than the one who has, um, because of the constellation of events in my life, has shown up as my holy partner, um, that one that I share holy relationship with. And lest we think it's a cakewalk, uh, it's important for me to realize that uh, Bill and Helen, throughout the course of taking these notes, and despite their mutual commitment to this work, were still having flare-ups. This is like, I don't know, this might be eight or nine months into capturing this course. 
what we're reading about right now. Well, he says it's Easter time, and it's still within the first year. So they began in October. This is six or seven months in to uh, capturing this uh, dictation. And the two of them are, you know, they're still going round about with one another. And he's trying to let them know um, you have only one way out of the turmoil, and that's to grant to your brother, despite your temptation to withhold your love, to grant toward this brother the understanding that you only will have what you're willing to accord your brother in uh, peace and innocence. It can only be yours as you choose again whether to extend that love and uh, forgiveness or withhold it. And you can't withhold it, he tells me, in so many ways across this course without climbing up on the cross with the one that I would crucify. <laughs> um, what will be the world I walk, one of crucifixion or one of redemption? And uh, if I want to know how to bring the redemption about, there's no um, greater guide than the one close to me that I'm withholding my love and my regard from on some justice or other that the ego insists I'm better served by withholding my love. Complete. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Lee. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. I, uh, I, things have happened as a result of my studying this course for, now it's been seven years with you guys. And one of them is that, uh, when I'm offended by what somebody does or doesn't do in my direction or towards me or whatever, that used to seem like a, a big big burden to me and occupy my mind quite a bit and my heart quite as much or if not more so, right? So, uh, but now it's, I've come along since then and at this point it's starting to feel a little bit like a gift because of exactly what Lee was just saying. Um, it's like this person has been given to me to bless so that I can help bless myself and that they can help bless themselves and me and the whole world and I have blessed the whole world by blessing them and not hold you know withholding something from them which is my blessing in other words by not forgiving them I withhold my blessings and and keep them unforgiven like the course says but by coming to a place where I can forgive them and and I don't see it really I don't see it anymore they just happen to walk into my life and do something that offended me or whatever I see that oh that's you know I've known all of you guys before a million billion times in previous lives and and and, and you know and I'm just being doled out by the Holy Spirit 
the people that I'm supposed to meet and everything, just like the Course says, for a, a small amount of time or longer. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, so, right, because we're all one, all minds are joined, and, yeah, of course, uh, when I bless you, uh, I bless the whole world, and when you bless me, you, you bless the whole world and, and, and beyond, the whole cosmos, really. Because it, it's all one, not just this planet, right? So, um, thanks. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Really nice. Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Ida. That's really nice. You gave me the setup I needed, my dear, and I'm really grateful for it. Oh, good. Um, yeah. The Holy Spirit told me this morning... Um, to talk about butterflies, <laughs> and so um, so that this is not a lesson in botany or entomology, but something I've learned. Um, the monarch butterfly, I've never seen it with my own eyes, but in the wintertime when it's cold, they're all drawn. All these monarch butterflies rise up and they're carried on the wind to a place in Mexico where they all light in a giant uh, cluster. And because it's cold and they rely on temperature, they rest there until it's warm again. And, and each monarch butterfly leaves that place and I'm told go about as far as Texas where the kindness of the sun and the turning of the earth has allowed flowers to flourish, just exactly the flowers they need to, to speed them on their way. And they imbibe the nectars of these flowers and gather enough strength to reproduce and they lay their eggs on exactly the right plant that's also been given in that place by the kindness of the turning of the sun and the, and the earth around the sun. And that plant becomes the food for the caterpillar that hatches from the egg. And that caterpillar becomes the next generation of butterflies who fly on north where once again kindness meets them with food where they can rest, mate, and lay their eggs on another plant that's perfect for the caterpillar. And so it goes. There's five generations of a monarch butterfly that starts its journey in Mexico. And the super generation finds its way all the way from Alaska back to this place in Mexico where they rest again, waiting for the warmth to return. It's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing adventure. And I was asked to talk about it that way because I realized in this lifting of the veil what goes on with life. Each brother, it turns out, is my blessed custodian the one who gives me a place to rest and the holiness I need in order that I might flourish. 
and become a resting place myself for another butterfly. This is God's plan for salvation. You see, the purpose of the journey, he says, is heaven is a gift you owe each other, the debt of gratitude you pay to the Son of God for what he is. Each of us, each of us in our heart becomes that place where we might flourish. And this is how God extends himself. I asked once, Father, tell me how you move. And he told me, I move through the sacred heart. It's the sacred heart that gives this place of rest. And forgiveness is our tool. You might say forgiveness is even the nectar that allows this brother to rest. You know, (laughs) toward the end of this work, he says, you never hate your brother for his sins, but only for your own. It's this resting place provided in my brother where I learn that everything I thought that was evil, wicked, that would hurt me, that I was afraid of, was only some projection that I laid upon God's beautiful creation. This place where we rest in each other, where we're allowed to flourish and warm ourselves for the next step of the journey. This is a journey of the soul, my friends, not the body, uh, not this personal self, but the soul that we all came from heaven with. Just like the butterfly departs Mexico and five generations later returns to that place, we provide a home. We provide a home of holiness for each other that together we might complete this journey and realize that God has no other way to demonstrate his love except through our sacred hearts. And for that, my friends, I am so grateful. I'm complete. Oh, Lori, thank you. Nice. Thank you, Lori. Thank you so much, Lori. Wonderful. Beautiful. Thank you, everybody, and thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, everybody. Good morning, it's Mindy. I have one thought. As above, so below, as in you, so in me. What an opportunity to forgive ourselves by forgiving our brothers and what an opportunity to extend love. And so every time I have a thought of self-condemnation, I realize I have an opportunity to allow God to forgive, Holy Spirit to forgive through me. And then a world of love opens up before my eyes. So what a wonderful thing to have our brothers do stuff that quote-unquote offends us. We have another chance for forgiveness, which opens up the kingdom. Thank you, Mindy. Thank, Thank you, Mindy. Mindy. That may have been on mute, Laurie. That was a that was a really beautiful share from you. Thank you. Just wonderful. Yes, you were on mute, dear. Okay. Thank you, Laurie. <laughs> Thank you. 
Who else have we not heard from? Uh, this this is Micah. Um, first of all, I wanted to thank you, Lee, when you did your uh, share. It was really quite beautiful because there was kind of an unsettledness. There's something about uh, the, the, the spiritual aspect uh, that that's kind of unsettled sometimes that it wants to like break out there's a some kind of very low grade disturbance kind of going on and and kind of like i'm in you know something's like in the wrong place it needs to be more awake or something and it, and i was kind of in that place and then your your share kind of brought like a grounding rod into time space and into the present and with a deep acceptance of the moment and um and it was there that i found god uh it was like i was trying to break out of the mica to find god you know that 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 mica was what was in the way of god and and uh, instead what happened was the deepest it was kind of neat. The deepest energy structures that that could be noticed in 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 the body that most intimately expressed separation from God became the nest for God. It was right right there in those very things, and that again nothing could keep God out, and. It, and it was like a miracle, you know, and I was so grateful that um, I didn't have to spend more time in that low-grade angst of trying to break, you know, get the genie out of the bottle, uh, which is quite an illusion anyway, because um, she is out of the bottle. <laughs> and and um, so anyway, that, that, that was really sweet. And um, but I want to highlight a few things here, and it just it gave, gave me such evaluation how we need each other. Like I was wondering, where's the miracle going to happen? And it happened in your share there. And we never know when somebody's going to spark something in us. And um, so in paragraph 106, I just love that line. I mean that that created a strong moment for me that we may rise as one in resurrection and i kept waiting for him to like really tear apart the 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 veil and and um you know sometimes he does that and here's this glowing uh reality that so clearly uh he opens up and it didn't quite happen today but it, but he He's pointing to the veil. I mean, he even mentions it in paragraph 108. Together we will disappear into into the presence beyond the veil. You know, and um, and another part that I liked here was uh, and in paragraph 106 again, and be you free together as you offer to the Holy Spirit the same gift and already i'm starting to go okay is he is he um, am i seeing my brother as a body and i'm feeling our holy relationship in form and space time 
you know, and, and seeing the miracle of light and eyes and, and, and love being expressed through hands and gestures? Or am I looking at, at the mind and the shared consciousness and going beyond body identification completely into the spacious self? And, and here I, I was going, it lifted me up into the mind and into the shared consciousness. He says, and be you free together as you offer to the Holy Spirit this same gift. And it, and it brought me right away to this, this so it, it has created so many holy instances, this part in the greater joining where he says, the Holy Spirit is in both your minds and he is one because there is no gap separates his oneness from itself. The gap between your bodies matters not for what is joined in him is always one. And then it goes on that later where he says, and the father comes to join his son that the Holy Spirit joined. And then the Holy Spirit function is to take the broken picture of the Son of God and put the pieces into place again. This holy picture healed entirely, does he hold out to every separate piece that think it is that thinks it is a picture in itself? To each he offers his identity, this this oneness. Uh, which the whole picture represents instead of just a little broken bit that he insisted was himself. And when he sees this picture, he will recognize himself. Um, so it, it, and then later in this, in this sentence in 106, he goes, and giving it, receiving it of him... In return, okay, I better go up to the beginning of the sentence. And be you free together as you offer to the Holy Spirit this same gift. And giving it, receive it of him in return for what you gave. He leadeth you and me together. I mean, with Jesus. Jesus says, I'm in your holy relationship already. And I'm not looking at bodies at that point when I'm feeling Jesus in my holy relationship, I'm, I've gone into spiritual sight and into the former. And then he leadeth you and me together that we might meet here in this holy place and make the same decision. And I, I, I kind of wanted to uh, get a little reinforcement uh, on the uh, holy relationship. So I, looked up a couple other passages here and I'll just read these that the light that joins you and your brother shines throughout the universe and because it joins you and him so it makes you and him one with your creator and in him is all creation joined and then another, heaven is restored to all the sonship through your relationship. For in it lies the sonship, whole and beautiful, safe in your love. 
Heaven has entered quietly, for all illusions have been gently brought unto the truth in you, and love has shined upon you, blessing your relationship with truth. God and his whole creation have entered it together. Kind of reminds me of an a, a, a AA conference where the, the sign behind the podium was, um, what is, uh, how, how free do you want to be? Or it was either how free do you want to be or how big do you want to be? You know, it's like, it's astounding what we are in truth as we return to the self. And just one last one here on the holy relationship. You have been called together with your brother to the most holy function this world contains. It is the only one that has no limits and reaches out to every broken fragment of the sonship with healing and uniting comfort. This is offered you in your holy relationship. Accept it here and and you will give as you have accepted. The peace of God is given you with the glowing purpose in which you join with your brother. The holy light that brought you and him together must extend as you accepted it. And once that joining, what I've noticed, once that joining occurs into a unity or shared consciousness, it just starts to include more and more into that field of mind. And um, it's, it's, it's pretty startling. Okay, one last one. Um, can I lay limits on the Son of God whose Father willed that he be limitless and like himself in freedom? and in love. Uh, we're, we're just so blessed to have each other and and, um, and to see in our relationships in, in this incredibly creative dimension of space-time this portal in, into the truth of what we are. Uh, okay, thanks. Bye. Thanks, Micah. Lee here, I have a Don't uh, say bye yet. If I may, I'm sorry, Larry. Um, I just want to say that um, for those interested in staying on the after call for a little bit, I have an announcement to the community at the beginning of the after call. Excuse me, Lee. We've got some reverb again. I'm sorry? Sorry, Judy? You were coming. You were coming in and out a little bit, honey. Oh, was it was it we, clear? We, we kind of lost you that. after announcement. Then you said, <laughs> "Okay." We lost after I announcement. Announcement to make to all of you at the beginning of the after call for those interested in staying on for a little bit. And secondly, I noticed where Steve's with us, and it's his birthday today. So just extending oh. a happy birthday. Steve's direction, and I'm complete. Thanks, Mike. That was a beautiful share. This is Steve. Happy it's not my Steve. birthday. Okay. Well, I don't know which the... which Steve you're talking about, but let me just share. It's nice to hear you all sharing your hearts. Thank you. And get back with me in beautiful. April. 
Hope you don't. <laughs> Happy birthday in advance, my dear. Happy day. What a grand and glorious adventure. Thank you all. Exactly. All right. Well, let's, yeah, I, I want to close the call, but I really, really hope everyone stays for the after call today. Um, and, and I was given explicit direction today. Close right here from Chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear. The beautiful relationship you have with all your brothers is part of you because it is part of God himself. Are you not sick if you deny yourself your wholeness and your health, the source of help, the call to healing, the call to heal? Your Savior waits for healing and the world waits with him, nor are you apart from it. For healing will be one or not at all. It's oneness being where the healing lies. What could correct for separation, but it's opposite. There is no middle ground in any aspect of salvation. You accept it wholly or accept it not. What is unseparated must be joined, and what is joined cannot be separate. Your home is built upon your brother's health upon his happiness, his sinlessness, and everything his father promised him. No secret promise you have made instead has shaken the capital foundation of his home. The winds may blow upon it and the rain may will beat against it with no effect. The world will wash away and yet this house will stand forever. For its strength lies not in itself alone. It is an ark of safety resting on God's promise that his son is safe forever in himself. What gap can interpose itself between the safety of this shelter and its source? From here the body can be seen as what it is and neither less nor more than in worth than the extent to which it can be used to liberate God's son unto his home. And with this holy purpose, is it made a home of holiness a little while because it shares your Father's will with you. Amen. And know each of you, you have all my gratitude. Thank you, everyone. That was Thank beautiful. You, thanks so much, Laura. Hey, thanks, everybody. Thank you, everyone.